There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable, what an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Hello, everybody. Happy Monday to you. January 17th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Maybe you're off work. Maybe you're off school. Maybe you're not. Either way, we're happy that you're listening to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Monday morning. Cold, snowy. Roads aren't all that great, so be careful. Stay home. Allow yourself extra time, even extra, extra time if you're going to pop into a Thornton's and get some fresh donuts to start your week or some nice coffee, hot coffee to warm you up and get you fueled and ready for your day. But just give yourself some extra time and uh, get a get a nice warm blanket, cuddle up to some Kentucky roll call. Nick Roush, how are you? Um, I've been better. Um my Pittsburgh Steelers did just enough to give me hope on Sunday night. It was like, oh, so the defense is the, is the defense going to do this? Can they? Can they just do it all by themselves. And as soon as TJ Watt had that moment and let me think, oh, maybe I'm going to Nashville next weekend. Uh, the Chiefs scored like a hundred points. I mean, it, it happened so fast. I just. I couldn't even. I, I didn't even have enough time to process it. It was it was gone in the in an instant. Yeah, the end of the road for the Steelers. Justin, how you holding up, buddy? Oh, I'm good. I, I expected the loss. I, I'm kind of like Roush. I was just hopeful that we'd get somewhat of a good game, and we did for a half. So I was pretty thankful for that. But ultimately, Chiefs are just too damn good. I mean, when Patrick Mahomes is throwing five touchdown passes and ten minutes of game time, not much you can do about that. Well, the, play, the playoff fun, not over just yet. We've got a Monday night game tonight, Arizona and the the St. or the St. Louis Rams, the Los Angeles Rams that that the Rams are hosting out in LA. Uh, should be a good game for for your Monday night playoff super duper wild card weekend finish. And then we've already got the times for the divisional rounds next weekend, which. Uh, should be a lot of good games. Bills, Chiefs, yeah, going to yeah. be a lot of fun. I think the Bengals are playing well enough, certainly, to beat the Titans, even with that game being in Nashville. 49ers are really hot. They'll travel to Green Bay. I, I've got some flashbacks to that NFC Championship game a few years back where Green Bay went to San Francisco and was annihilated. And then you'll get the winner of tonight's game, which should be, I mean, two good teams. Cardinals are good. They've got a great young quarterback. The Rams are good. They've got one of the best defenses in the league, and they'll get to go travel and and take on Tom Brady on Sunday. So uh, the divisional round looking great. Kind of mixed results there for Super Duper Wild Card Weekend. Had some good games, had some blowouts, as you probably expect. But uh, I enjoyed the football this weekend. I enjoyed the basketball this weekend, and I'm going to enjoy the two hours of KRC today because we've got a ton to talk about. 
We we certainly do. Uh, Chalk, you uh, we do this NCAA tournament where when there's not as many upsets in round one, you're like, gosh, man, why didn't we? Well, it usually means the the following round is going to be even better games. So uh, so far it's been pretty chalky outside of that 49ers game, which man, I just ESPN is loving every minute of it because Cowboys Fury is going to be at an all time high over. One of the dumber things I've ever seen happen on a football field. Mm. I really can't just, uh, man, you have 14 seconds to run, I don't know, two or three days to get into the end zone. You've done pretty much, you've done everything you possibly could almost perfectly to reach this point. And then what do you do? We're going to run a quarterback draw. <laughs> so stupid. The dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, so stupid. We're we're gonna we're gonna get into all this today. It's generally how you know how this show goes is the things that are most recent or the things that we talk about and to start the to start the show. But it, it's it's not to say that our 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 hearts and our thoughts and our prayers are still not with Joby Hall and his family who passed away over the weekend. Um, there, there, you know, a lot of stuff happened over the weekend, but we're, we're thinking of him. Um, we'll tell some stories, I'm sure a little bit later on and, and, and get to that as, as we will also Martin Luther King day, such an important American, um, stood for everything that's important, but I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll get to those things. Just, I, I don't want folks to think our priorities aren't in the right place, but Roush, Totally agree. One of the uh, there, there's Mike McCarthy for you. Can be doing <laughs> so well, so well. That was the perfect two minute drive with no timeouts. It really, yeah. you know, it was a it was a minute drive more than anything. But it was just that perfect. Hook and ladder play was awesome. Every you're just doing everything right. Uh, when we were that that year that you all won the Toy Bowl Roush, but you were defeated by the St. Rayfield Giants, the number one seed that year. And here's a little CSAA football talk for you. Uh, St. Agnes, St. Francis, they they had to combine schools just like you all did. St. Rayfield was a lone, a lone wolf, but uh, neither here nor there. We were playing them, and it was like the last play of the game. We had to get a touchdown. Of course, back then you didn't have quarterbacks that could chuck the ball, you know, 40, 50 yards, but we had to right. basically go the length of the field. We ran a draw to our best running back, really our best player on our team. And, you know, their defense was all spread out and whatnot. And I kid you not, he got by every single person. And then he eventually got tracked down at the one yard line. The next oh. week in practice, we practiced intentional fumbles, which was kind of funny. They were like, and that's fine. You did great. You did great. But right when you were getting tackled and you saw you were short of the goal line, you should have accidentally fumbled the ball, which was a silly thing to practice. But I've seen that that can work. That can That's actually a good football play. When people think that you're just – you're trying to dink and dunk or get to the sidelines. The middle of the field is wide open, right. and they are really susceptible to running plays. Now, the issue is you do it when you have a timeout or you can yeah. stop the clock or literally any other thing. It was just that was not the time to do that play. It, it worked. You got a ton of yards, but it didn't work because you weren't prepared enough to go up there and spike the ball. And then when you have two chances at the end zone, two Hella Marys, two, two, hey, this is all or nothing right here. You take those, and instead they got zero. And at best case, you still have to get 25 yards on one play. That's 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 difficult. What's tougher, 45 yards on two plays or 25 yards on one play? At probably about the same. Probably about the same odds right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I would rather have the two chances because, you know, it's two chances. But that was one of the most idiotic playoff football plays I've seen and, in my lifetime. And you're taking control, like you're giving up control of the game at that point because 
a lot of things have to your line has to be quick to get you, you just rely on way too many people and like the umpire i know he came down and he like bumped dak and ran into it but like he was hauling some ass just to get to that point to be able to get the ball spotted and I, I just, and it's not a, it's not a video game, Cowboys. It's not like they automatically you you have to take in that to consideration too. The refs have to be just as fast as you are to get up there and clock it without incident. And it was not without incident. It's not like they just magically appear where the ball is and yeah. put it down and you're ready to rock and roll. It's just not the way that that works. It's not. It, it was um, man. It's such a silly happen and it couldn't happen to a. A nicer group of folks than the Cowboys fans because they they got their teeth kicked in for most of the game. Uh, the 49ers tried to get them back in the game with a bad late turnover, uh, but still, it, it Cowboys, you stink. Get the hell out of here. Gosh, I just love that they're terrible. Justin, you want a stat, buddy? Yeah, let's hear it. Like stats. Playoff victory since 1997. The Houston Texans, four. <laughs> the Dallas that. Cowboys, three. And worth noting, this is since 1997. Uh, the Texans did not exist until 2002. That's a, oh, that's a great stat. That is, that is, boy, America's team. Y'all suck. Also, I mean, Jerry, his stupid end zone white, they, they showed um, – a drop that somebody had right before half where they were trying to do two minute drill. And it really was, they, they put the camera in there. There's no, you can't see the ball when you're at a certain spot on the field in that afternoon game window. I just, it, it, it feels so dumb. It feels so dumb and unnecessary to have a, you, you have this big shiny dome and yet players can't see the football for, you know, portions of the game. It's just stupid. Very dumb. Uh, cost them a couple completions and just just bad. Just bad all around. So I've got a few friends that are Cowboys fans. I, I feel for them because it's just been a lot of mediocrity for their entire lives and only three playoff wins since 1997. That's inexcusable. Tom Brady had more playoff wins last year. Um, <laughs> the Cowboys have been to 11 straight playoffs, or not 11 straight, but 11 playoffs in a row for them without making the NFC championship. Longest in NFL history for what it's worth. Without making the championship game. That's crazy. Man, Woof. that is absolutely bonkers. Uh we'll hey. talk a little bit more NFL, I'm sure, as the show goes on. Yeah. Yep. Shout out to Bengals fans. Shout out to Bills fans. Great weekend for you. Real happy for you. Um but I, I think uh TJ the happiest fans might be Kentucky fans. What a what a basketball game on Saturday. Hey, I, I called it all week. I, I I like Kentucky's matchup in it, and then I you feel kind of like icky saying this, but I think there's truth to it as well. But with the news early Saturday morning of Joe B's passing and what a life he lived, but at that point it was like, okay, well, this this is a this is a no-brainer now. Yeah, yeah. Like UK's not losing, and they're gonna they're gonna look they're probably gonna look good doing it. I didn't picture that offensive explosion. I didn't picture which you know somebody looking down on Rupp Arena on Saturday. Seventy eight percent field goal percentage in the first half. Roush, Joby Hall's nineteen seventy eight national championship. Mm. That's a that's an interesting number. Wait, that wait. You, yeah, well put. Yeah, that's 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 weird that it ends up there. I mean. 
Sure, I, I bet Kentucky wishes they'd shoot seventy eight percent every half. What a what a number to get! But on the morning, I mean, just hours after learning of Joe B's passing, UK goes out there. Uh, I, I think I, I think it was Severe Wheeler after the game was like, if we play like that, I can't imagine we're losing too many more games. Kentucky plays like that; they're never losing. They won't lose anybody, and they'll blow out everybody. Tennessee yeah. will. That was nothing really against Tennessee on Saturday. I, I do like Kentucky's matchup against the Vols, and that's not to say Tennessee may not beat Kentucky down in Knoxville later this year, but I do like the matchup. If it's on a neutral site, I think Kentucky's better. Kentucky's just a better team than Tennessee. Um, but go that that's as good as an offensive performance I've ever seen in the Calipari era, and goodness gracious. We know they can do it now, Roush, right? I mean, we've, we've seen this team have some spurts. They whooped up on Tennessee. I think their average margin of victory this season is 26 points. I've read that somewhere, which is just absolutely <laughs> nutty. Um, it's a good team. It's a really, really good team. And I love the way that you saw Wheeler and Tata be able to work with one another on the floor. Wheeler had a great game. How many points he had? 21. Washington has a career high. I think he had 29. I could have that off by a point or two one way or another. 28 for Tata. For Tata. Just absolutely offensive domination. Everybody was getting involved. And you have Zan Payne finish with more points than Folky. That's how you know it was a good day. Man. I mean, what's remarkable is that Tennessee scored 79 points, shot 53% from the field, and lost about 30. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Tennessee for – is uh, as great as Kentucky played in that first half. Uh, I mean, they hit. I think I want to say six threes in that first half. They were in the game uh, they at six, halftime. They had six threes with like the under eight timeout. There, there was a point where they had thirty points, which for a half, I don't know how many points on the year Tennessee's averaging, but they're not the highest scoring team in the country. But I want to say it was like eight minutes left or something like that, or maybe six minutes left. They had 30 points. 18 of them were from behind the arc, and they're not a great three-point shooting team for what it was no, worth. So you, no. you're, you are right. They they were they were feeling it too. They just couldn't keep up. Well, in Kentucky, that whole game was just one big demoralizing run after another. And I saw that you were at the game. Very happy you got to go. I mean, that was a, a rowdy atmosphere. The, the energy in the air, you could feel it before tip-off. And that first run, where when the game starts, he was defensive in there, right? Second in Ken Palm going into this game, allowing only 60 points per game. Kentucky was getting to the rim with ease. And I think the first, I don't know if they scored on the first three possessions, but they had three layups basically in a row where they were getting to the rim with relative ease. And then Grady goes down, hits a three, and then bangs another one in transition. I thought the lid was coming off the place after that first three. But then they got to stop and hit another one. Uh, th- that set the tone. Uh, I mean, you could just feel that Kentucky had – they had it that day. And from then on out, it was just an absolute beatdown of the falls. I, w- I wonder if you felt this way being there as well. It it felt like a lot of Kentucky fans were just, like, letting their hair down and were able to exhale. I, I I just got this sense that so many Kentucky fans just needed Saturday. And maybe I'm speaking more personally than I am to the collective fan base, but I think a lot of people are just like, this feels normal again. Like, the, like finally, finally, like things feel – you had a packed up arena. The crowd was absolutely electric. It's the everybody's going to say it's the best crowd since before the pandemic. It probably was one of the better crowds 
even before the pandemic. I mean, that was just a classic Rupp Arena mm-hmm. atmosphere. And the fact that Kentucky just went out there and rock and rolled had everybody going crazy. You had people standing uh, a good chunk of the game, well, until it got to like blowout fashion. Uh, strangers high fiving one another, and it just it things felt normal for about two hours on Saturday at Rupp Arena. UK was dominating Tennessee. That's the way things should go. Rupp Arena was packed. People weren't complaining about this. People weren't whining about this. Everybody just seemed collectively in it together. That hey, this is a special day for Kentucky basketball for a multitude of reasons. Let's go pound the balls. And they went out there and they did it. Uh, may, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm just speaking personally. It was a long week at the Walker household with daycare and juggling work. And, you know, that's just – that's normal life for a lot of parents. And I, we, we've got to get used to it. But I personally just I, – I needed that. I think a lot of Kentucky fans needed that. It was so much fun. And I got some ice cream, which was great. And Kentucky made Tennessee look soft-served as it gets – winning by 28 points really should have could have been more um a special performance a really really and and everybody played well you can't really point out anybody and say you know ugly game for them even even brooks and toppin played their roles pretty well in my opinion and and what was fun like the game had a lot of fun stuff added to it as well Hey, how about the, the, the t-shirt parachute drop? I'm sure they've probably been doing that, but they they gave out like 200 t-shirts from oh, the rafters. It was it was a lot of t-shirts. Uh, a lot of t-shirts. And I, I it was fun watching, you know, the people like a row or two above just snatch it out of the air before it could make its landfall. Uh, that was fun. Uh, booing Folky every time he touched the ball in the first like 10 minutes. That was fun. I mean, you just... well. I, it's been a while since you got just that one guy just to boo the entire time. Uh, that was great. Uh, the firecrackers were awesome. Then you had like the football team showed up and Stoops was, uh, you know, grabbed the mic and let's get him. You know, like I, the, the football team got a great crowd pop and you also had Danny Trevathan show up. So there was just a lot of fun stuff happening there. It was, it was a party. It was a party at Rupp. Uh, Levis though. Guy, I, I like he he finds a ball. He he shoots a three. Air ball, probably. Come on. If he hits that, Kentucky's going to the Sugar Bowl next year. Maybe even the college football playoff. Now, yeah, I'm a little worried. No, the the only thing that maybe didn't go right on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. The only, the only shot. Thing. It's a perfect. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was funny. Also, they brought out the Governor's Cup trophy. You're not playing Louisville, Louisville out of sight, out of mind, but you just still bring that bad boy out because you know the crowd's gonna love it. And with the punter and the kicker, <laughs> <laughs> and they did, and the crowd absolutely loved it. It was a special Saturday in Lexington, and you look at UK's schedule that we, you know, we talked about it last week. We'll talk more about it this week, obviously. There's going to be a lot more fun Saturdays. There's going to be a lot more fun home games. And I, I'm, I'm firsthand experience that you can't – sure, watching from your house is great. The fact that Rupp doesn't sell beer is still a joke and all that stuff. I'm not going to get into it. But you can't beat that. If you're a true Cats fan, you can't beat that experience that you had on Saturday. That was the U.K. basketball that you grew up with the nostalgia, with the place being full, with – you see a lot of kids. Everybody looks happy, smile on their faces. You had that special feeling in Rupp Arena, and and, and I'm sure Joby's passing had had a lot to do with that. But that was what that's what Kentucky basketball was all about. So um, get to a game if it's going to be like that. Get to a game. That was yeah, an absolute blast, and uh, 
and then it just doesn't hurt. It's so much fun just beating the snot out of Tennessee. I can't get enough of it. And just being in a a place, a building where it's so loud you can't really hear. Like that, that just man felt good to be back in one of those. I, I hadn't done that in a long time. Um, I went to a game last year, and that was that was weird. It stunk, and you know, Cal said it after the game. He was like, you know that. We didn't have what made us us. Like, this is us now. We are playing in front of packed houses, showing up big. Hearing Ty Ty talk about the crowd, he, because it was a, an early arriving crowd. He's like, you know, you could you could see the people coming out early. Like, it was you knew it was going to be something different. And then for them to be that loud the whole time, like, dang. <laughs> you know, he was thinking the fans. Severe Wheeler said his ears were popping whenever, uh, after that first initial run. I mean, it was just an all-time atmosphere and you're right there was um an exorcism of sorts like Kentucky got rid of some demons uh and, and in doing so they also honored uh one of the greatest to ever do it at Kentucky Joe B Hall uh Cal had a, a great salute to him before the game uh he, he rolled up the program and had the cats come out in a one three one zone which I know Joe B used to rib him all the time tell him hey just come on you gotta you gotta put this thing in it's gonna work and I, I thought that was just the perfect way uh, to salute the late great coach. Uh, they had a moment of silence for him, and but really the best salute was to just go out there and beat the snot out of Tennessee. Tennessee was pretty darn good back during Joe Beast tenure. You had the Ernie and uh, Bernie show, and they were that was a tough matchup every single year. And uh, I, I know he was smiling down from up above, watching the Cats really putting on the balls. Yeah, and obviously his health was was going the wrong direction. Well, how old was he? 94? 93 or 94. 93 or 94. I, th- I was thinking the exact same thing. Uh, what a life lived mm-hmm. and long life. And um, near the end, uh, you know, I know that that he was just not not in, not in good shape. Um, mm-hmm. But Cal would go visit him. Uh, plenty of folks around the UK basketball program went and visited them. I had heard for some folks that they you know, had told the family anything that we can do. Please don't hesitate. Please let us know. And, and he was getting, um, you know, A-plus care, obviously, uh, rightfully so for Joe B. Hall. I always appreciated and respected the way that Calipari embraced Joe B. and made sure that he was around the program. Um, they built the statue outside the the coal lodge not too not too many years ago and joe b was at the center of it can't tell you how many times when i was covering uk basketball between 2010 and 2016 uh, that you were really 20 up to 2018 you'd see joe b be the why at the game big blue madness he was at any time that he would be able to go there Uh, i was able to interview him just a few times and he wouldn't, you know, it's not like we had, I was re. I, I, I couldn't get enough of people just recounting their Joe B experiences or sharing their pictures. Cause all of them were the same Joe B super nice, super friendly, treated them with respect. He's smiling in all these pictures, never said no to taking a picture with anybody, all these, all these great things. And I, you know, I had, I, I my interca- encounters were not all that memorable for the most part. I would interview him when I would get a chance. I remember after the, they had that. They had the Rupp Arena ceremony in fifteen. Roush and Kentucky didn't complete the undefeated season, but it was still just such a special year that they wanted to do something for that group. Um, and 
No, actually, it's 14. Excuse me. They were, they were saying, hey, on Tuesday, win or lose, we're going to do something for this group. Excuse me. It was the 14 run. And um, they were hoping it was going to be a win against UConn, right, right. obviously. But it wasn't. And I interviewed Joe B. We were walking on the floor at Rupp Arena together. And I just said, hey, you know, I'm with Cats Illustrated. just wanted to ask you, you, you you've seen you, – you've come up short before. And you've you've also won the whole, the whole enchilada – just what did you make of this run, and and what what would your message be to this team just coming up a little bit short? And he said, you know, nothing. I, I forget exact quote, but something along the lines of nothing I can really say should change them one way or another. But if they're they, they've got to be proud of themselves, it was one of the most exciting runs in UK basketball history, and they did it with class and smiling and and made people happy all along the way. It was just he was always thinking big picture it seemed like realized kind of what was important um it was super kind to me every chance that every time that i had the encounter of being able to interview him and everybody has similar stories like that he was nice to everybody uh treated mm-hmm. strangers and friends alike and i'm always appreciative of the time i had just to talk with him never more than just a few minutes here or there and probably only about three or four times all things considered but each and every time super friendly to me so i always was appreciative of him and i was appreciative of cal letting yeah, him yeah. hang around the program and, and showing kind of if you once a wildcat, always a wildcat, not to steal the corny L1C4, but uh, that, that rang true for Joby Hall. The, the, there was somebody who went back and found an old tweet of theirs from like 2015 where, you know, I was at the lunch counter eating by myself and Joby Hall just decided to sit next to me because I was wearing a UK shirt and anecdotes like that make me smile. But I really think that, Joe B. Hall kind of personifies why Kentucky is what they are and who they are, where you have a guy who was in the program for a long, long time, but he was responsible for keeping this thing going to where Kentucky's not just a one-coach wonder like so many other programs. He, he kept it rolling, won a title, but to your point, how Cal kind of embraced him, you know that – there's a lot of places where you have only not you tj hi i'm looking for kentucky roll call what do you know about kentucky roll call with walker and roush Welcome back. Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio, 96.1450 AM. Some technical difficulties. We're back, though. Everything good, mm-hmm. golden, ready to keep on talking and hearing from you on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Got a lot of text over the weekend. Roush, it, it still does ring true. You don't You don't get as many texts when the Cats are winning opposed to losing but we're okay with that but a lot of folks were really pumped up mm-hmm. a lot of Bengals fans were pumped up had to be quite the doubleheader Saturday for those for those fans and for the first time man in the history of a text message Bengals fans were able to text their friends hey how about that playoff win they uh they also I, I appreciated that they sent out uh the Bengals social media team just tweeted send that text <laughs> that was good it was really good. It was good, and I, I could totally a great game. See, 
It was. It was a hell of a game, and I could totally see the Bengals keeping this thing going and and beating the Titans. I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility whatsoever. But, yeah, that was a really fun one. The Cowboys 49ers ended up being a fun one. I watched that one on the Nickelodeon Slime channel, which made made that final play even more hilarious because they had to explain it to kids what the hell had just happened. And uh, I I love the Nickelodeon Slime game. Oh, man. It – the only thing that uh like they so the way they show the field goals they put it at a very bizarre angle and i know some of it is so you can see the big spongebob or patrick in the net behind it but like couldn't they just do that from the regular angle like reverse so you can tell if the ball's going in or not yeah you know you you, you eventually found out they either put the points on the board. Yeah, yeah like you knew it was ha- it worked if SpongeBob smiled and then the slime followed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was good. Good. They had, they had one point where it was like a timeout, and the Nickelodeon blimp just came over and dumped the entire field with slime. And Buddy's like, "Man, it's gonna take him a long time to clean that up." <laughs> Those jokes were great. They were. It was, and they 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 always get good ratings. And then Barstool always hacks the Nickelodeon Most Valuable Player, the MVP, as they call it. Last year, I think they gave it to Nick Foles for the Bears. Nope. It was uh, Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky, that's right. Yeah. yeah, wrong, wrong backup quarterback. But they gave it to him in a loss. And then this year, when the Cowboys were just getting ran, it was going to go to Dak Prescott. Um, and it eventually did go to Dak Prescott. He ended up playing okay, but I still just love the idea of these losing quarterbacks. Their season has come to a close. They're in a really low spot, and then they have to go accept this award. From like a kid, too. Like and, They have to do an interview with like a 14-year-old. And, and I think they offer like to get them slime, too, but they're just like, no, I'm not. I, I just lost. I'm not getting slimed. They slime a lot of folks. Uh, I think the winning coach got to get slimed. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well done, Kyle Shanahan, who, man, he's gotten a lot of gray in his beard as of late. A lot of gray in his beard. Um, I, I will say, though, TJ, to go Saturday's games, I don't know who had a better time, the Kentucky Bengals fans or the Kentucky Bills fans, because it felt like that Bills game was a lot like the uh, Kentucky game, where you're just absolutely putting it on a team that you hate in a big moment. That was uh, – I mean, Josh Allen could do no wrong. They, they pitched a perfect game. It was incredible. An absolute perfect game. No punts, just all touchdowns. Uh, insane. There's, w- what a night for the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, it was an absolute beatdown. Uh, thought the Patriots would be more competitive, but but no. And then that Bills Chiefs game that that you know that's going to feel like that's an AFC Championship game. Yeah. That's going to be. That's going to be a blast. So, got a lot to look forward to there in the world of football. Uh, I say we maybe get to the text line a little earlier today. I know we have a lot more to talk about. I've, we've got a, I've, I've got like fifteen other things written down that I want to get to. I know the text line is going to address a few of those things. Mm-hmm. So, I say we we start her on up. I just want to share quickly that uh, watching Adam Luckett watch the final minute of the Bengals game was just high quality entertainment and. His fist pump when they got the final interception, like it, he could have punched through seven panes of glass. I mean, just yeah. I mean, it was it was it was highly entertaining, very enjoyable to watch. Uh, his voice was a little hoarse when we were driving home, so it was a uh, it was a good time, good time watching the Bengals in that drought. Where'd you all watch the game at? Uh, we were at the KS Bar. Okay, uh, I've heard of that place. 
Yeah, got uh, our work done after maybe a possession or two. We had it pulled up at Inrup while we were finished up our work. Drove there. There was a lot of Bengals fans there who were getting rowdy. Uh, man, and that and that that's fun. Just being there where you have people losing their minds. There was some guy who was wearing like a Bengals team jacket who was nervous, like pacing and like also like pushing his hand, you know, uh, in between possessions. Like, gotta get a stop. Gotta get a stop. Uh, Man, that was that was that was a wild close game, and uh, I, I know I heard it was the largest crowd in Paul Brown Stadium history. So, uh, Bengals fans are are walking on walking on cloud nine right now. Nobody can tell them nothing until they realize that a bunch of their defensive players are hurt, and it's going to be really tough against Derrick Henry next week. I, I've. Every time I go to Lexington, it's I, I think to myself, all right, next time I come to Lexington. I'm getting a hotel and I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on the town because each yeah. each and every time it's so cool. I really want to go to that place across from Rupp Arena. Oh yeah, the like uh, with the big TVs and the, stuff. Yeah, the big corner spot. Yeah, when the movie theater and all that that looks like it does look like a fun. Place. Have, you, I was gonna ask. Yeah, you, you haven't ever been there. No, haven't been in there because I'm with you, TJ. There's nothing. The worst feeling ever is having this. Oh yeah, let's go just start pounding beers or let's 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 party, let's celebrate this. And then you do the drive home, and by the time you get home, you're like, Oh man, I'm kind of tired now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I'm the I'm the same way. Or it also just, you know, you can't you can't spend a ton of time. You gotta hurry back. But um Lexington, just beautiful little town. Always, uh, always something new there each and every time I go. And I probably hadn't been to Lexington. I mean, I guess the last time was one of the one of the last uk football games but uh, so it's not even like it had been a been a long time but some people i went to college with roush they've only been back once or twice since graduating and they just think it looks like a whole different place no, um, yeah, in, yeah. entirely and then the renovations to up arena are coming they, along they nicely look as well very good like the facade looks wonderful i'm i'm glad that they just i know it's kind of almost like putting a band-aid on it but it needed that that tan brown just everywhere it was like it was an ugly looking building it looks looks very good now I'll be ready for them to open up that little mall center. And I, I, I don't really know exactly what their plans are, but they really have the bottle and kind of bottleneck attendance with how it is right now. Everybody's got to go into basically like two or three spots. So it makes for longer lines. I do think on Saturday, people got in their seats a little bit earlier, partially maybe to watch shade and sharp, but more so to, um, you know, for the Joby Hall tribute and moment of silence and whatnot. But, yeah, they, I'll be ready for that to get opened up so you have a ton of ways to, to get in to the arena. The first texter on the Thornton's text line says, Roush with some real Dennis Fraud tendencies in the Kentucky sports ballot. Dennis Fraud. Dennis Dodd. Oh, well, I see. Yes, making fun. some rationale behind my, my takes. Well, maybe Dennis Fraud has some rationale. Uh, no, he he is uh, he is scratching the backs of his friends, whereas I am definitely not doing that at all. When I sent this text over on Friday, it gave me a good chuckle. This texter <laughs> says Justin is the number one producer of iHeartRadio. <laughs> That's a good one. Good callback to last week. The rant from somebody really mad at iHeart and their politics uh texter says who wins the game of frisbee between you three frisbee what frisbee what 
Yeah, you got to be more specific. Is it frisbee golf? Because I I probably bang the most chains out of the three of us. I would guess it would be Roush when it comes to to the old frisbee. I'm all right at Beersby. I'm okay at Beersby. You know, knock the beer bottle off the pole and then you got to catch it and blah, blah, blah. That's a fun game. I haven't played that probably in seven years, but I was okay at that. So there we have it. TJ will win Beersby, Roush will win Frisbee golf, and I'll win Ultimate Frisbee. Well, that requires you a bunch of running. That, that game's exhausting. I was yeah, that's so wild. I was, that's wild. Gosh. Gosh, remember in high school, like Ultimate Frisbee, you would have thought people thought it was like the next big thing. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, it's a fun – like my sister, she plays in adult leagues that she enjoys thoroughly, and she takes it pretty seriously. I like to – joke on her because she's got like knee pads and stuff on she's got her own you know gear yeah yeah she's she's a nerd about it but i mean it's fun but it is just like a a rec sport you know yeah uh i was i enjoyed it back in the day i just can't i just never was properly taught how to throw frisbee really far so if anybody ever wants to teach me please let me know uh can jam is uh also a very good i bet i'm i bet i'm the best here at can jam but you can't throw a frisbee it's, I can throw a frisbee like you know, fifteen yards. I can't throw a frisbee fifty yards. So can jam if 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 you have it from end zone to end zone on a football field, yes, I'm not going to be your guy, Justin. But if you play it the normal way and you don't, you have them set up, you know, just about I don't know, twenty feet, twenty one, however however far you are, I'm pretty good at that. I'm I'm a better slammer than I am right. canner. And that's and that's key too is to be able to have a a good finisher in the in the game of yes. can jam. You've got to have somebody who's able to be versatile enough to where they're not just hitting it off the can, but they're actually jamming it into the can. Three points versus one, big difference. Big Huge difference. difference. Uh, do you play if you make it through the little slot, it's game over? Yes, yes. Um, which, Isn't that the goal, though? Well, it's the goal, but if you, you know, you got to you gotta also sometimes just try to concede and get some points, you know? You can't go for the hero ball every time. Yeah, yeah. But isn't isn't the slot like three points versus no. one or something? No, okay. it, no. The top. If, you, if so, if somebody if you throw it and somebody like just kind of dunks it in, that's a point. If you hit the can on the fly, it's two points. Mm-hmm. And then if it, you it doesn't have to go in. No. It, well, it, it, no. Wow. Okay. And then if you throw it, if you throw it, and then somebody bats it and it hits the can and it doesn't go in, it's a point. Yeah. Right, Roush? Yes, yes. I think you misspoke earlier. The jam is worth three if they can jam it through the top. Yes, um, there you go. If they just tip it off, it's one. If you hit it on a flat, it's two. And then there you go. Through the slot, it's game over. But the game overs, I think I've only seen maybe three. You know, I haven't, I haven't seen a ton. Tough to do. Tough to do. Yeah, but always electric when it happens. And now always. I'm an expert on can jam. Crowd goes crazy. A texter says, so Justin, the real question is, did you finally take the lead with this Mary woman and dip into those cheeks when you had the chance? Please tell me you didn't strike out, pal. When you're doing shady behavior, you have to finish the job. See, this is a plumly bro. And I had to text back and I was just like, are you not listening to what he said? Uh, have you not paid attention at all to anything? Clearly in the story. Yeah. Can you? Can he also like, you? Unlike Trevor, Justin had a little bit of subtlety with his explanation. Like, we don't need to be have to spell everything out for you, Plumley, bro. Which, yeah. by the way, how did his Hollander, Latinder, Hollanders, did they they win their all eight game? He didn't say anything about it, so I think that uh, is our. Oh. I think that's our answer. <sighs> Yikes! 
Yeah, you watch do, it, Plumley bro. Listen to the podcast and then send your text messages in. A texter says, I honestly give kudos to Trevor for seeking out his honey at the Westport Road Taco Bell because that Taco Bell is easily the best in Louisville. The management and the efficiency is top-notch. Best of luck to Trevor and his future love endeavors. Wow. It's good to know that that Taco Bell is uh, humming. Well, even when it's humming, it's still no salseritas. I can tell you that much. I can tell you that much right now. I, I'm. It can't be as fresh as salseritas. That they don't have wildly addictive chips like salseritas. Oh heavens, no, no. They and I'm a big fan of fire sauce, but but salseritas salsa is basically just fire of fire sauce. It's spicy. It's delicious. You know, it's fresh. It's not packaged. It's 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 tops, and you mix them with those thin deliciously mm. seasoned crispy you can kind of break them apart with your tongue chips i'll be heading to sauceritas today they've got two locations middletown and st matthews it's delicious download the app you're going to save a lot of money for the rest of this month you can go scan the app and they'll give you 50 points when you get to 100 points you get ten dollars in your sauceritas bank account you wow. will save cash eat well at sauceritas and Delicious. I um different. I spent my day yesterday just being the fattest human in the history of humans. I mean, it was two I had maybe three cups of chili, was eating chips and salsa, and I even had some like artichoke dip too. It's like, oh, here's a piece of celery. This is healthy. But it was just beer and chili all day. Oh man. The farts are gonna be real brutal today. I can tell you that. That sounds like it. Did Justin make it over for some poker action? It was unfortunate, but, um, man, you get all these people who just, they have excuses and we, we had to, we had to call it off again. We, we tried rallying the truce, but wow, it's Sunday. Wee, wee, wee. Um, so I, I, I gave Justin the heads up before he made the trek, like, buddy, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. So, uh, we're, we're hoping that some can rally for a, a thursday this week but it's it's tough you know it's, highly it's, recommend the poker app you ever use that nope never never use that it's called poker and it's got four r's and it's got a two on it and it's just you can play texas hold'em virtually with everybody um and that way you don't have to worry about pandemic or whatever me and my friends did it on saturday night i won 70 bucks no big deal Oh, nice. We all nice. on each other or what? Yeah, you just, you, okay. at the end, it, it keeps a running tab of your totals. So then at the end, you can be like, hey, you lost you lost $60, TJ won 70 So you send the 60 over to him. I lost 20 but I'll send 10 to him, 10 to the other person. Yeah, you just figure it out at the end. It all works out. Cool. Yeah, we are back in the, oh, well, my kid got exposed to COVID. There's a, there's a lot of, you know. Out at that yeah. right now. <laughs> there, there, <laughs> I, can, I can confirm. Mm -hmm. uh, this makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, you can't beat the real like in-house. And then sometimes, you know, people that can get together, they'll get together and they'll just play on their phone in the same spot against, you know, with people that aren't there. But yeah, you can't beat the the real in-house experience. You get everybody together. That's a bummer. I was I was I was hoping you all were gonna get together <laughs> and Justin was gonna steal your all's money. That yeah. was the plan. It was yeah. uh it was gonna be a good time just with old Bustin' Kalen. We did end up playing, have you ever heard of the game Tripoli? That's a that's a fun card game. I have heard it. I don't think I've ever actually played it, though. It's, uh, some of it's, you know, it doesn't require a lot of skill. Some of it's dumb luck. 
uh, a lot of it's dumb luck, but you're, you're moving ships around the board. So it was, it, it was a nice game uh, to at least occupy our time there during the, what, once the, the Steelers game got out of hand, cause that, whew, man, it got out of hand in, in a hurry. Yeah. I didn't watch too much of that game. Um, and glad that I glad that I glad that I didn't. But that um that ended up happening with me with the second half of that Bills game because they were just putting it on the Pats, and I started watching the Boba Fett show. Really, really entertained by the first two episodes. Really entertained. I enjoyed uh, that very much. Did you watch uh, the Mandalorian? Yes, you did. That was yes. Yes, yes, I've seen both. I watched the first Boba Fett, and I was like, "Well, this is just the Mandalorian, but a different a, a different person." It just felt they the really, same, but but different. They went with like the Native American tribal kind of storyline. Um, if you get to that second episode, it was it was pretty good. Uh, I, I I liked uh, I liked where they went with it. Him and the Tuscan Raiders. So, yeah, you know, so okay. It's, it's, it's I, fun. It, it's fun just having Star Wars that isn't uh, too like I don't I don't have to worry about like all the nerds getting all mad about something. Like it's just a very kind of. Well, they'll, they'll get mad. They'll, they'll just give it time. Give it yeah, time. Yeah, they'll get right. mad. They'll, they'll get mad about something. Uh, a lot of people yesterday, Roush, were mad at Billy Reed. You familiar with Billy Reed? You ever heard about him? Oh, Billy Reed was being a jerk. Like big surprise here. Man, uh, I don't. Can I've this guy it. just read the room? Like it is just sad that like somebody that's had such a accomplished career and some folks will say no he's always been a hack he's always done this he's always done that um you know maybe so i I was i didn't have to grow up really reading him although now it's been a few years and he's stepped in at a couple different times it's just sad that somebody at his age doesn't really seem to like get it he just doesn't seem to get it he he essentially was having a debate that nobody had with himself by just talking about how this person who hasn't even like been buried yet. I mean, he died 24 hours before and said, yeah, but he wasn't as good as Denny Crum or Bob Knight. And it's like, who, who is saying that right now? Yeah. Like what? He was a very good coach in an era of other very good coaches. And yes, he, he did not always come out on top, but he also, some of his greatest wins were against those guys. So just suck it. Well, he, like how, how can you, how can you be that big of a jerk that you're already hating on the guy? I mean, not even 24 hours later, it's just oh, disgusting. Here was his initial post on Facebook. I, I don't think he tweets anymore. He hasn't had a tweet since 2019, um, which is around the same time he had. It, it, it also kind of funny. His last tweet is like classic he's, Billy Reed, just complaining he's about complaining. the weather breaking into a golf tournament. Yeah, he's complaining that WDRB is showing weather alerts for Bloomington and some other Southern Indiana cities. And he's like, those places have their own stations. They, they can be alerted that their own news, like, you know, let's not keep people safe. Let's not rather be safe than sorry. So Billy can't watch his precious golf. But his post yesterday on his Facebook page was, I respect Joe B. Hall. Thank him for his contributions to UK basketball. I'm happy to see him fondly remembered. Still, we should never be overcome by revisionist history. During his time at UK, he was not as good as Denny Crum or Bobby Knight, and he knew it. Nobody seriously wants to debate that, right? <laughs> what is? What a loser! Like, there's no other word to say besides just "you are a loser." Nobody's having that debate. 
there is going to be a time and place to talk about how IU, Louisville, and Kentucky throughout the 70s and 80s all had their moments, which is yes. kind of, you know, that's, that's kind of cool that in this triangle of college basketball, it means so much to this area that you all, they, they all had their ups, they, some had their downs. And um, there is maybe a time and place to talk about, and if I'm, if I'm not mistaken, I think Joe B. Hall was 500 against both of those coaches. Um, yeah, and he beat, he beat Bobby Knight's best team. That win he had in the 75 regional final in Dayton. People said the following year they went undefeated, and people said that the team the year before was better. Uh, so that was the only loss he took in two years. And Joe B's winning another natty if not for John Wooden just coming out and saying, I'm retiring right before the game and kind of making that an impossible mountain to climb. Um, and if I'm not mistaken, too, Kentucky lost the dream game in the tournament. And then when they first met in the regular season, Kentucky won that game. I think that's accurate. It sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I can't help but think that uh, is, he re, I, don't, I don't think he regretted posting it. He, I've never seen, Rush, you and I have both had some tweets that have taken off the Duke fans with the Grayson Allen tweet. They go crazy mm -hmm. about that one. I know you've had your fair share of encounters with Tennessee fans and, and yeah. certainly Louisville fans, obviously. Um, I've never seen somebody just get, just hammered as my, on his own Facebook page, which I guess on his Facebook page, just any old person can post or comment, which ew, yikes, but he was just getting taken to the woodshed. And I mean, it was hundreds and hundreds of comments of people just telling him what an awful thing, you know, why would you do this and whatnot? So he eventually comes back with a quote unquote apology. Oh, oh, it's, Billy Reed apologies. I, I'm sure this will be rich. This one was far too long. Tells stories about how, uh, you know, I'm, he's just kind of rambling more than anything else. Um, still kind of makes a dig that like IU and U of O were better, but he eventually gets around to Joe was an integral part of the golden era of those schools, IU, U of L, UK being good, and need not apologize to anyone. I should have waited a month before I attempted to put Joe's career into historical perspective. I apologize. So it was a pretty half-ass apology. I try not to apology shame as long as an apology is sincere. I think it's one of the yeah, biggest things a person can do is apologize <laughs> and actually mean it. Like, hey, I was wrong. And I feel bad about this, and I wish I, I wish I could do things differently. I don't think that this was a sincere apology. Now the thing is, I don't really care. He doesn't need to apologize to me, anyways. He, I'm, I, I'm not offended by what he did. He just showed himself to be an ass. That being said, that was pretty weak. That was pretty weak. It doesn't seem sincere. Maybe I'm wrong. Didn't seem sincere to me, Roush. <sighs> kind of like his old apology that he wrote to the south end where he was just like oh my god yeah but i'm not i'm not backing down dude i, I think you, you know what i bet this all stems from is he was the courier journal uh reporter back in the day and i bet you he just was a thorn asking joe b about when's he gonna play louisville when's he gonna play louisville and since joe b never just like in the middle of an interview was like you know what billy you've asked me enough you're right i'm gonna play louisville then he just probably Billy was like always oh, took it personal. I, I I can I can see that scenario playing out in front of my eyes right now. 
It wouldn't wouldn't surprise me. Some folks said he was a big UK hater, and then he got to the Lexington Herald Leader and completely changed his tune, and then I think went to Sports Illustrated and was kind of back to like crushing and, and hating on Kentucky. Um, it is what it is, but that made a lot of news yesterday, rightfully so. Just a crappy thing to do. People, he, people just need to be better. Let's go to a break. Hour one done. We've got a lot more text on the Thornton's text line. There's a lot more news that happened over the weekend. We will need to talk Kentucky football, even if briefly. A lot to get to on today's Kentucky Roll Call, and we appreciate you joining us. This is KRC on the Big X. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin We'll be right back. No, I won't shed a tear just as long as you stand, stand by me. Over? You say over? I ain't heard no family. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call. Roll Call. Made the mistake of taking a bite of my banana just before coming on air. Mm, Yeah, mistake. Why don't you tell everybody about when they can listen to KRC, Roush, while I take down this nano? Well, they can listen to KRC from 7 to 9, Monday through Friday, on the Big X Sports Radio. And if you can't be there live for all the action, you can check us out on podcast. Just wherever you search for your podcast, whether it's on the iHeart app or Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can find us thanks to our friends at Cornbread Hemp, the makers of 100% organic, full-spectrum CBD that that's the good stuff, folks. That's the good stuff. Extra strength with CBD and a little bit of THC sprinkled in. Make it a part of your new year, new routine. Feeling a little rough, feeling a little down? Don't worry. A little CBD goes a long way. Just use the promo code BIGX at checkout to get 30% off at friends at Cornbread Hemp. Cornbreadhemp.com. My Cornbread Hemp came in on Saturday. Oh, nice. You're back yeah. in business. Oh, yeah. So... Um, doing a sober across the board January, this cornbread hemp has been the perfect, the perfect relaxation supplement, if you will. Uh, and it's, it's just, it kind of, and also, God, God, this was embarrassing. Roush, I hooped on Saturday. That was TJ Roush. Oh, we've got more technical difficulties. Good. Great. Grand. I don't know if anybody can hear me. It says that everybody's muted. Hmm. Justin, are we on the, what is going on? Are we on the radio right now? Man, I'm sure this is riveting radio. So it was great. I really, really enjoyed it. So um, you will as well. We've got more text to get to on today's show. I do need to ask Ralph. It's got to be the internet at the the station, station, right? right? It's It's being wonky. The internet at the station is being wonky, so it wouldn't matter if we were there or not there. Uh, it's a, it, it's, it's, it's acting all up, but I'm just going to assume we're back up and rolling and ready to rock and roll. 
and keep on yeah. going. But, Rosh, I did want to ask you about UK football. I think some people were expecting some, maybe some transfer news. Um, it hasn't no. happened yet. I think people are no. starting to get a little antsy because now school has started and, and now you maybe have to wait till the spring. Yeah, no, the transfer news is over for, um, I mean, they can't add, you can't, you can't enroll in UK anymore. Uh, the drop ad day was Thursday. And I think there's probably some frustration among some of the coaching staff because most of the SEC schools, they aren't starting class till this week. So they have basically an extra weekend to add transfers. But they're not very happy. <laughs> they can't add more. Um, so I know uh, a couple receivers entered the portal at the end of the week. Uh, there was Devontae Lee from LSU that used to be a UK recruit once upon a time. And then uh, Javon Baker, that kid from Alabama, he checks a lot of boxes. They were going after him. But I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, d I don't think they can add any more players until after spring. So, um, man, it's uh, tough sledding, unfortunately, <laughs> in, the, in the transfer biz now. Um, but I do know that they did have a bunch of recruits on campus this weekend. Good time to have a former Super Bowl champ in town and to bring out your football team and your trophies to the, the big basketball game. So I at least know that from that angle, they were able to uh, to show out and put out all the stops for the, the, the underclassmen as they kick off the 2023 recruiting cycle. Justin, everything going okay? Yeah, I, I, don't, I have no idea what's going on today. Meat's not a fan of us. Well, it, it's well, it's never been a meat issue on your end, though. That's the interesting part, right? Yeah, and it just kicked me off. So, not real sure what's going on. Wow. What if here's uh here's something that's we've been getting on our platform hangouts for six months, and it's been telling us that we need to get off it because they're soon going to get rid of it. No, are we? They've been doing they they've been doing that for the better part of like two and a half years. <laughs> That's true. I'm wondering is it is it finally the day that they come? What's going to happen that day when they just said, "Yeah, hangouts is done." Like, and they're like, "We we we told on? you for three years that this was happening." Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, not looking forward to that day whenever it does happen. Roush, you don't sound concerned about UK football. I think some folks are like, "Okay, well, you you've got." Some questions on the offensive line and secondary, and they are not addressed. Yeah, no, it's because you just you wait till later. Just be patient. Yeah, it's plenty of time. The season starts in nine months. Uh, you're going to have more transfers going in and coming out. Uh, just yeah, be patient. Plenty of time. Okay, I, I yeah, like not, your. I, I, in fact, I actually like that they're not like don't get an offensive tackle now at all. That it's going to be slim pickings. Uh, let your guys invest in them this spring and see what you can get out of them. Um, because, I mean, a lot of them are former four-star recruits. They might – things might start clicking. They need those extra snaps. Uh, after spring, you'll you'll have a better idea of what you need. But I think all is going to be calm on that front for the next few weeks. And, hell, even the guys that they've recruited in high school, they had, they had a couple feelers out there in that 2022 class that they were recruiting in that – the prospects of them joining the class are slim. Uh, R. Mason Thomas from Fort Lauderdale, he's visiting Miami and Oklahoma before his decision, the Iowa State commit. Uh, that looks like that's going to be tough to pull. I think Kentucky's still trying to get Jalen Farmer, but Napier's got him coming in on an official visit, I want to say, this weekend. So when you're getting – those developments lead me to believe that it's going to be tough to, to get those two flips by signing day. So Kentucky will be done in players for a little while. 
Wow. Okay. That's, that's interesting. Um, is that a big deal? No, I, I think it's, I think it's fine. There's obviously going to be uh, a couple. There will probably be a transfer or two they might take in the meantime. Like that's just not going to do anything this spring. But I, I think for the most part, the big news in and out is over with. Uh, Tyrell Asian announced shortly after the basketball game that he's coming back for another year. He's he's played a lot of football at Kentucky. He's got good instincts. He doesn't play as physical, I think, as they'd like. Um, you know, particularly in the run game, getting tackles for loss and whatnot. But he's played a lot of football back there. It's good to have some experience at safety. But I think that does it as far as our decisions staying or going are concerned. So I, I think we have a good idea of what the roster is going to look like, at least for spring practice. Uh, and, I, you know, I, I like what's there now. You're Because, TJ, the big thing for a lot of those positions where you want to address in the portal a lot of it's just because you you it's young, talented guys that haven't played a ton. So go out there and let them play a ton this spring and kind of see where the chips fall. Fine. Yeah, I, I, I was happy with that news. It, it seemed like there were some rumblings that um, that was going to happen, and I'm glad to see it come to fruition big, big time. I think he is a candidate to take a huge step up, as several people in the secondary are, or at least are optimistic that that could happen. So uh, that that was a big deal, and you you uh, you nailed it. Let's get back to the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. 502-414-1450. Uh, don't know exactly where we are. Let's see. Um, we are at the part. Uh, as we, much as I they, love the savagery, the savagery, the savage tree, savage tree may just be one of those words I can't say. Kidnapping, savagery, savage. <laughs> we found a word TJ can't say. Oh man, that's great. Ralph, break it down for me. As much as I love the savagery, 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 it still savagery. doesn't sound good when I say it. Yeah, yeah just weird. Um, the savagery kidnapping a wife. I low-key think it's stone cold by Justin. This innocent husband just visioned a happy life, but Justin decided to absolutely ruin it. Just very stone cold by Justin, to be honest. Uh, the the Bustin Kalins elicited some very inappropriate texts into our text line later on. TJ, we might have to. Uh, we got to be mindful of that when we start reading those. Yeah, we will be. We'll, we'll, we'll keep, I'll keep an eye out for him. Another texter says, Nick, you should be ashamed of yourself. You said Kentuckians got more joy out of Wandell than Sydney, and that's fair. But Kentuckians definitely got more joy out of Mark Stoops than Brom. You don't vote for coaches except for family members. He's not as good as a coach as Stoops, and Stoops has had a better year. I'm a DeSales alum, and I'm embarrassed for you. You should have went to Holy Cross with little money mook. Whoa. <laughs> that is a slam if I've ever seen one. Yeah, but me choosing Brom is a knock at Louisville more so than anything. He makes a good point, though. If you're if, if it's the jo- who got the most joy award. Yeah, it's also my ballot, and I can do whatever the hell I want with it. Uh, all, you, can, <laughs> you can always default to that. Uh, I love that I had a tweet in from James. It just says, you're on. Because at one point during all the mishaps, is like, am I on the radio right now? <laughs> Apparently we were on the radio. I just always assume that we are. 
it's a good uh, way to live. I, I, I keep the cursing uh, between the between nine oh one and then six fifty nine a.m. Twenty two hours, but these two yeah, hours, twenty two hours of cursing. No, the two hours, I, I, I play it straight. A texter says. Um, <laughs> Justin, did you play sports growing up? I could see you being the an absolute stud on the tennis court. Who's the best at tennis? I did not play tennis. I tennis. Fun fact: tennis is probably my worst sport out of all the sports. Oh, um, wow. I was a I was a cross country runner and a baseball player. Mm. Um, I never played actual competitive tennis, but I'm uh, I'm an okay tennis player. I went to one DeSales tennis practice and was like, man, is this all you do the whole time? Like, I'm good. If you would have stuck with tennis, I mean, you, anytime you're tall, it, it helps yeah. in a sport for the most part. So, yeah, you could have been a good tennis player. You could have just dominated the net. Yeah. Um, it just, I don't know, kind of boring. Just taking up more time. I was like, yeah, I'm good. I'd rather just kind of get in trouble. Yeah. Uh, the uh, It's fun getting into trouble. It's fun getting into trouble. If I can get my servant, I'm pretty good, but that's, you know. Much easier said than done. A texter says, UK shoots 78% of the first half on the day Coach Hall passes. Coincidence? I know. I, I hadn't put that two and two together until you said something at the top of the show, TJ. Yeah, it, TJ. It you, pretty you wild. Were, People at Rupp were talking about it. So I didn't know what to do with that Kentucky line on Saturday because I liked Kentucky to win by four, as I mentioned, on Friday. Uh, but I wake up and I see that Joby Hall news. I slammed Kentucky money line. That, that was a gimme. When when emotions come into play, you got to bet them. You, oh, so you slammed the money line? Really no, going I, out on a limb? No, there. no, I slammed the spread. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Which I, I feel foolish for not alternate lining up to bigger. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> um, yeah. I felt good about it. I think I predicted a 16-point win for the Cats and uh, ended up being, what, 29, 28, so – that was a complete and utter beatdown. Always fun when you do it to those stinky Tennessee balls. A texture says, well, boys, it doesn't get much better than this. Truly a special performance. Yeah, it, that was just domination. And when I think about these kind of games, how, how many during the Calipari era can we recall where Kentucky was just playing on a different level? Um, that UCLA domination where it was, what, like, 31 to 7 or whatever it was. Yeah. Halftime. Yeah. It was a football score. Um, maybe there was a game. I know it was a pretty forgettable game, but it was one, two, where Kentucky was just playing in banana land on offense. It was against Arizona State in the Bahamas with that Malik Monk team. Oh, gosh. And yeah. There was one play where the ball was like going out of bounds. And it was almost like the one, the Michael Jordan highlight where. I think Monk was jumping out of bounds and he threw it behind his back to the front court. And it might have been Fox that did that. And then we just went and dunked it. I think Briscoe had a triple double that game, too. Uh, that was just a complete, utter domination. That, that That's one that comes to mind as well. I, it, I, I don't know if this one would be in the same boat. Um, I know Kentucky had just a dominant half against St. John's. I'm 99% sure it was that national championship year. Darius Miller had that really cool one-handed dunk in the game. Ooh, yeah, um, yeah, that's a good call. Yeah. But I, I don't know if that one ended up being like a, a 30-point beatdown. I, I think it was like 20 or something. But I know they, I know it was either the first or second half, but Kentucky dropped like an insane amount of points. Um, and it was just like, whoa, if this team does that, they're, they're going to be pretty untouchable. 
Maybe um, oh, the, that's the another Kansas one that jumped game out. in the in the championship year. That was the Champions Classic, and I I think Tucky. I mean, I, I I'd like to look up the score in hindsight, but I watched that game at huge ass and just had the time of my life because Kentucky was just beating their brains in the entire game. The the first Champions Classic was that national championship year, 2011-2012. Kentucky handled Kansas that game, but I, I I think it was probably like a 12 point win or something like that. The Kansas Champions Classic game in 2014 was, That's a, what it was. was an absolute yeah. beatdown. Yeah, that was just like 72-40. Yeah, I got it mixed up. Yeah. The, and they took they took that picture that if if Kentucky wins the national championship or or if they go undefeated and win the national championship that's the picture that's all around the joe craft center all around rupp arena it's the whole team on the bench smiling and mm-hmm. uh, no big deal i'm in the background but oh, oh okay neither neither here nor there but they end up losing and to wisconsin and that picture is not as famous as it would have been unfortunately but yeah that was an absolute beatdown too yeah but i think you got to put this tennessee one in there just because Really, no fault to Tennessee. Kentucky, everybody was just on fire. Everybody was feeling it. And <laughs> Ty Ty's little elbow jumper is just – so I, I drool. It's so pretty. Man. So good. And now he's starting to get that rhythm from three, too, which is like, <laughs> goodness gracious, if he's consistent from outside. And he's a good outside shooter. But if he can pull up like that, like he does on that mid-range, if he can pull up like that from deep, then how do you guard that dude? You, you basically yeah. want to force him inside and try to make him finish over you, but he also had a game where he had 17 assists. He can pass. You know, he can do it all. Mm-hmm. So he, he is becoming tougher and tougher to guard each and every game. And then you stick a Davion Mintz and a Kellen Grady out there yeah. with him. And it's just uh, – this team is so, really, really tough to defend against. There were uh, some some pregame comments on Friday from Cal Perry when he was asked, you know, how do you think Tata kind of grew in his time? He's like, you know, Tata got a lot of confidence, and um, you know, you you could see that he's not hesitating out there. But what about Davion? And usually, I get mad when Cal starts to uh, redirect his answers, but his point was well taken, and that Mintz really found his stride during that Wheeler absence as well. Like, and that's a lot of. I know Saturday was special, and you're not going to get that every time, but the the confidence that this team's playing with after going through that stretch without Wheeler, it's incredible. And to have Mintz pump faking at the three-point line and then just driving to the rim and slamming it home, I, I didn't know he had some of that in him. The, the pull-up three and transition just right in the Vols' eye, I mean, my God, he was just – he was rubbing their faces. Man, that guy, he he is playing incredible right now. Two funny little moments before but before that play, the my brother-in-law who I went to the game with on Saturday, talking with him, he asked, he was like, "Do you think Davion's going to have a professional career?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do. I mean, at minimum he could go overseas and play for forever and I said and he was like well why do you think that and I was like because he's not somebody that relies on his athleticism he doesn't often play above the rim and like why I swear I was finishing that sentence and he went and slammed that dunk he does have some nice crams but my point I still think is accurate that he's he's just kind of a smart basketball player that it's not like when his knees give out when he's 32 or something like that that he's gonna have to hang it up he's a good enough shooter where he can play late into his 30s if he wants to. Um, NBA player, probably not, but overseas, I think he could make a long career. But it was funny. Right after I got done saying that, 
he he slammed one home. And then another time was the first half, it was kind of back and forth. Kentucky was controlling, but Tennessee, until the very end of the half, wasn't going away. They were hanging in there. You know, they'd make a 10-point game down to a four-point game pretty quickly. And then Kentucky would get it back up to 11, and then Tennessee would get it back down to six. But I think it was like the under-12 timeout in the first half. Uh, Tennessee was throwing the ball in close to where Ellen Calipari sits, kind of that on their end of the court, but from the sideline, not underneath the basket. And I was like, Rick Barnes is, I think, the best X and O coach coming out of a timeout. I bet they've got, and this was a TV timeout. So I was like, I bet they've got something cooked up. They're going to get a good look here. And sometimes I think Calipari struggles guarding teams out of timeouts. Like he, I think that he'll come up with some good X and O timeout plays himself. Some fans are too tough on him for that. But defending, I've seen Rick Barnes score on Calipari and out-of-bounds plays far too often. So I was telling my buddy, I was like, hey, I I bet they've got – maybe they won't score, but I bet they're going to have a good look. They throw it in. I forget. I think it was Viscovi who had it. And then he just threw it directly out of bounds. Do you remember (laughs) that play? It was right out of the timeout. They just threw it directly out of bounds. Nobody was there. So I had an egg on my face twice in a span of like four minutes on Saturday. But I was right about a beatdown. I did bet the cats. That was nice. And just an all around good Saturday at Rupp Arena. Uh, seeing folks after the game, it just uh, felt good, Roush. Felt, felt back to normal. And hopefully, Rupp will be rocking for more games this season. A texter on the Thornton's text line says Tata has, such, has had such a quiet year while doing some really great things. He's going to explode into the national scene soon. Maybe we're seeing it right now. Well, he's going to have. Back-to-back Saturdays, if you want to count last Saturday, mm-hmm. um, he's going to get to go play at Auburn. Auburn may end up being the number one team in the country when the polls come out today. If not, they're probably going to be number two. So you'll get that opportunity on Saturday. And then the following Saturday, Roush, is the UK-Kansas game. You know all the eyeballs are going to be yeah. on on the Cats there. So he'll have some opportunities. Back-to-back weekends leading into NFL playoffs. So you had the the ESPN uh, coverage this weekend with their A team, and then next weekend. I mean, they were running promos for UK Auburn during the CBS broadcast yesterday. Um, so we get a we get a CBS game. I, I watched a little bit of Auburn uh, against Ole Miss uh, Saturday night. They were losing in the second half, and you know, before eventually just kind of uh, it, it was one of those where I went into the other room to grab a beer. I came back, and it was a eight zero run, just like that. Uh, Auburn pretty good. That's going to be a a huge game. Winning that game could go a long way um, to winning the SEC because if you look at Auburn's schedule, they don't play a lot of the good teams twice. This is the only matchup Kentucky has with Auburn, I, I believe, this year, and it's on the road. So uh, that's going to be a tough one, uh, one that I'm, I'm I'm sure we'll spend plenty of time previewing as the week goes on. I think the other game this week, Texas A&M Wednesday night, is that correct? That is. It's on Wednesday night, so this week's going to be a little different. We're we're very much accustomed to the Tuesday-Saturday tilt, especially this radio show as well. So uh, tomorrow will probably be our slower day instead of it normally being kind of Thursday. Thursday we're going to have a lot to talk about. And I'll tell you what, I'm nervous about that A&M game. Not because I don't think Kentucky's better than A&M. They are better than A&M. But A&M is having their best season under Buzz. This is going to be their biggest game at home under Buzz. They're 15 and 2 on the year. They are at the top of the SEC standings. They're, they don't have a loss in conference play. They're 4 and 0. Auburn's 5 and 0, so technically Auburn played one more game. They're ahead of them. 
So this is a this is going to be a challenge, and they're a veteran team. I don't from a from a from a skill set standpoint, I think Kentucky is significantly more talented. But this A and M team has played together. Their experience, the people that are relatively new to the program, they brought in as transfers, so they've got a lot of experience. I just don't think they're the most talented team in the world. But it's going to be a tough one for Kentucky. Um, and you take into the fact that they're probably looking ahead to Auburn at least ever so slightly. You take into consideration Kentucky's always struggled at A&M. The undefeated mm-hmm. team was very lucky to get out of there with a win, a double overtime game. So I'm nervous about Wednesday. It will tell me, It will say a lot about this Kentucky team if they can just go down there and be business as usual and, and take care of a team that they're just flat out better than instead of getting caught up and looking ahead or allowing the atmosphere to get to them. Because it's going to be rocking on Wednesday night. Uh, it's a late game, so it's eight thirty. Better than nine, I suppose. But um, I'm I'm a little nervous about that game. We we have we have tomorrow to talk about it. Certainly, we'll talk a lot more about it on Wednesday. But yeah, that this is a classic trap game, if you will. Yeah, yeah, it really is. But um, I I think that the atmosphere will at least make sure that Kentucky wakes up and isn't caught by surprise from this. I hope you're right. Uh, I hope you're right. It, it really would. The, if this Kentucky team is who I think that they are, not that you can't afford a loss here, but your experience, have your experience, Wheeler's super experience, Mintz, Grady, these guys have seen atmospheres like this before. Go out there, take care of business, do what you got to do. And this A&M team, in, with their 5-0 and record, or their 4-0 and conference record, excuse me, they've beaten Georgia, Ole Miss at home, uh, Missouri, and then Arkansas. Arkansas is starting to maybe turn it on a little bit. Um, so, But they've, they've beaten kind of the bottom of the conference for the most part, and Kentucky the same way up until this Tennessee game. So it's maybe a little inflated, but this is the most momentum Buzz has had at A&M, and it's, it's going to be a challenging atmosphere. So uh, something to look forward to, something to keep an eye on. Let's go to our last break and finish up the show. Yeah, let's do it. All right, we'll do that. That's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, oh, Josh, and Justin Kalen. We'll be right back. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call. How much time? 30? 30 seconds. I'm on right now. I don't believe you. Welcome back. One final segment. Kentucky Roll Call here on the radio. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. Also, Ben Franklin's birthday, Roush. Uh, Also, Muhammad Ali's birthday. He would have been 80 today. Wow, I did not know it was Muhammad lot, Ali's birthday. A lot of birthdays today. Um, we can celebrate them, or we can celebrate a couple of teams losing. Yeah, we talked about this just briefly on the break, but the first uh, poor, poor Louisville. It's it's all it's all over for him for this. Especially the worst team of my life, I think. You yeah. think so? I mean, and I don't remember the Denny, even the bad Denny years. I think like his last year, he had Reese Gaines and Marcus Mabin. So even though they stunk, they were at least fun to watch. This team, God, they just, 
absolutely they give you absolutely nothing. I want to say it was maybe redeeming oh, quality. I want to say maybe it was 06. You have all went to the NIT and they lost a remember the Bachman player on South Carolina? Uh yeah, Ronaldo Bachman. Do you do you or do you not? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He picked he, by the Knicks. He was dunking. Yeah, okay, good, good memory. He was dunking all over him. That wasn't a very good U of L team, but uh, I, I don't know if this is even an NIT team. No, they'll turn it down know. either way. Well, I don't, maybe, maybe, maybe they shouldn't if they if given the opportunity. But yeah, they they go to Pittsburgh. I think there was about thirty six fans in the stands for that game, and they were without. Sidney Curry, who played really well earlier in the week, but even still, that Pittsburgh team is awful, and they got the best of U of L with relative ease. So it's complete disaster mode for Chris Mack. Just he's basically going into press conferences, just saying like, "I don't know, I don't know what to do." So it's it's not good. If they're this is this seems to be a sinking ship. They're shooting off all the flares, and and nobody's coming to help them. Uh, then. Speaking of sinking ships, Memphis, there is 132 seconds left in the game. They're up 10 points. What? They lose in I regulation. Didn't I didn't know Jeez. they blew a lead that badly. Same. Oh, my God. Two minutes and 12 seconds. A 10-point lead squad. 10-point lead, and they lose in regulation. On a bank shot at the buzzer. On an out of bounds play with one second left, and just a complete collapse by Memphis, losing to East Carolina. The Pirates get the best of the Tigers, and and you're looking at a Memphis team that's going to have to win their the American Conference to get in the tournament. Gosh, that is, I, I want to say they're nine and seven and five hundred in the American, three and three, three in the American Conference. Like the only good team is Houston. So bad. Imani Bates must be sitting there like, man, I really messed this up while Michigan State's sitting in the top 10. It's tough. It's tough. I, gosh. Whew. Uh, speaking of top 10s and everything, Jeff Goodman, just his ba- basketball takes right now. I, 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 I just, 17th. Just, what what, yeah. what are you doing? To, like, they're third in Kimpom, I think, right now. Is that correct? Third or fourth? They were third. I don't know if the late night games last night changed anything on that. I know uh, Luckett, the the highest Kentucky's finished offensively in Kimpom in, in the Cal Perry era is fifth, I think, in 2012, and they're fourth right now. Um, so or it might have been a little bit higher than top five in 2012. But the, the offensive efficiency Kentucky's playing at right now, I, I know obviously that's the hard part about breaking down this game, TJ, is – uh, a lot of times when you're just making shots, it looks good. That's uh, why Oscar didn't have very many rebounds. There wasn't a whole lot of missed shots for him to get boards for. Uh, so, it, And you know that that's not going to happen on that consistent of a basis where they're going to be making 70% of their shots. But how they were able to get to the rim with ease, pretty much, like with relative ease, that 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 travels. Uh, that travels. This Kentucky team, If how can you have him at 17? My God, Goodman, give me a freaking break. He, and he's been – he's had – I mean, he always does. It, it's really it, – while it's super, super dumb, he dropped Baylor three spots for two home losses, including one to a team that barely oh. was over 500. That, that, that second loss was really bad too. If Kentucky lost at home to Tennessee and then came back and lost at home to Vanderbilt – 
I, I promise you, Kentucky's not just dropping three spots in his poll. I'm, right, I'll just right. tell you that much. I'll tell you that much right now. But it's definitely not worth getting upset about. They're idiotic. Nope. They're really, really bad. He moved Kentucky up six spots in one week. I mean, that is that that's a nice jump. Why Kentucky was twenty third to begin with uh, was probably kind of dumb. But you know, he did move him up six spots, so not worth not worth. But he's just he's a goober and he knows it and just gets dunked on on Twitter frequently, which is always kind of fun. To, to see here and there. You'll love to see it. Um, oh, speaking of, of seeing things that are that you love, um, there's some basketball on today. Um, MLK Day, I don't, I don't know if you all are working or not, but if you want some sports to watch before tonight's wild card game, uh, DJ Wagner's playing at one on ESPNU, and Scott Clark's playing at three. A little back-to-back at the Hoop Hall action. So you can watch that, and I think we also have – uh, I want to say Notre Dame Howard's at two thirty, and there's another college basketball game at noon on ESPN. So, uh, it's a de- decent sports day. Yeah, as well. may have to make my way over the bridge to Indiana in the name of MLK Day hoops. Hoosiers play today as well. And while oh, we were wow. mentioning some, is it a night game though, Justin? Uh, yeah, at six. Uh, we're talking. We're talking day sports, baby. Well, at least six. Oh, six is before the football game. Yeah, there we go. That's a nice little lead-in. So you might get me to watch some of it, Justin. I um also while we're talking birthdays today and what day all that stuff uh, nine nine years ago today we found out Manti Teo's girlfriend did not exist. <laughs> Man, what a day for the internet that was. That that was kind of like peak Twitter. That's when Twitter was a much more tolerable place. We were yeah. all kind of having fun together on the internet. Right, like it was just everybody collectively bullying one college football player at once. Never never see that anymore. <laughs> Uh, Purdue Illinois I mean, is a yeah. good game, so that's actually a good game. I mean, like, <laughs> a Heisman finalist had a fake girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, that is pretty. What a lot. Oh, oh <laughs> man! Didn't make your death to like play it off. Yeah, she she, she, she imaginarily passed she away. She fake her death. I forgot the how that went down. I think she. I think like the person catfishing saw that the writing was on the wall and yeah. so faked the death but Manti Teo believed that she had actually died this uh, fake person had passed and never I think, saw I that think person as embarrassing as it was Manti Teo was like like lied like he believed he wasn't trying to pull one over on anybody yeah he was just that gullible yes which, which how you can be that gullible in whew. It just speaks to the talent in South Bend probably more than anything, don't you think? That you you have to date somebody virtually that doesn't really even exist. You, but you would think the talent would be better. No, but that's the thing. It must not be because you know because it's Notre Dame. What a bunch of dorks! Let's get back to the Thorn sex on TJ. Wrap this bad boy up. Smack it on the bottom. I love it. Let's do it. well, boys, it doesn't get much better than this. Truly a special performance. And I think we already read that one before, but it's worth <laughs> reading again. Uh, another texter says, my neighbor told me Chris Mack is a double agent sabotaging the program from the inside. His cousin's wife knows a guy that works at UofL. Might be something to look into. Uh, the UofL fans that are anti-Kenny Payne because he's a cow guy just are the dumbest people on the planet. If you don't want Kenny Payne because you want somebody more experienced, that's fine. If you mention Cal, UK, or anything with Kenny Payne, you are a total, total goober. After your 
best coach maybe ever was UK's coach <laughs> for a decade. <laughs> it's so stupid. <sighs> Texter says oh, this is a pregame text. Okay, you go ahead, Rosh. Read it. We can get mad at Cal losses at times, but there isn't another coach who has truly embraced UK basketball like Cal has. He does get what UK basketball is, and there isn't anyone better for UK than Cal. Those that want him gone or don't like him, they are truly crazy people. And TJ, you've been saying this louder than anyone, so thank you. Thanks, TJ. You did it. Well, I, I'm doesn't mean he's not without flaws, and uh, not that we can't criticize him from time to time but i i think calipari does a lot of good for this state with the platform he's given i think he embraces uk basketball a lot of folks have been against him ever since his nba draft night comment which he did misspeak on that but his overall sentiment was if we can become an nba draft factory we're always going to get good players and guess what kentucky has always found ways to get good players it, it was poorly worded but the sentiment i thought was totally fair with that quote and folks are just too tough on them at the end of the day. Like, you know, they're either because of that comment, it could be mm -hmm. political in some instances. I don't agree with everything that he always says, but he embraces UK basketball. I thought the tributes to Joby Hall were really cool. The one, three, one to start the rolled awesome. up program as well. were nice. And he, I, I think he's just, to his core, I think he's a good person, and I like yeah, the way that he, he represents Kentucky basketball. His heart is in the – his intentions are always in the right place, I think. I agree. I yeah, agree yeah. with that. Doesn't Even always if do they don't always land, yeah. Yes, yeah. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Jay Billis is spot on with his take in regards to lane violation rules. I wasn't – so I, I, what was he saying? Yeah, that's the thing is that we, you know, we were both there. I don't, I don't know what he was Probably referring to. Probably just anti-lane violation. I, my guess would be the take would be like if – let them shoot the free throw. Who cares if somebody has a foot in the lane? You know, yeah. if it's on the, if it's on, if they're shooting two free throws and on the first one, they have a foot in the lane, you know, who cares? Um, or maybe even on the second one. I did uh, appreciate, cause I did see some of his takes on the charges. Uh, he had a good remark. Somebody fell down. So it must be a charge. Some of those calls were just the, the one where you had two feet in the restricted area, how that isn't like a reviewable. No, so thing. bad. Everybody I mean, lost their minds. Everybody knew it was a bad call. They showed the replay. It was a bad call. Yeah. I mean, in a closer game, that's a huge swing you go from an and one to a turnover. Like, and they did it on back-to-back -back possessions, I think. The as as much as Falky flopped around, I actually think the second time he flopped, he didn't intend to, but he just got bullied that badly by Oscar that he went flying backwards like he just hit flubber. And I was shocked they didn't call that foul on Oscar where the, like the ball went – Folky tried to do his flop and oversell it, and the ball went really high in the air, uh, and it was no call, and Kentucky got it and then went in transition and, and scored. It was a lot of fun. Roush, you and I finished with as many points as Folky did, oh, which is man. always a, a good time. And I, I want to give credit to the guy who – made the Photoshop of the most valuable player. Yeah. <laughs> I want to get his name because it was, uh, uh, it was Daniel Reeves. It was a hilarious Photoshop where Folky, the ball is, looks like it's getting ready to hit him in the face too on this rebound. Oh man. So funny. Zero points, zero rebounds, three turnovers, two flops. Uh, the, the, if you go to the Tennessee official Twitter account that has the final score, they just say yeesh. And it, it's a graphic of the scoreboard. The replies to it are just, I mean, it's comedy. Uh, you've got like Zan Payne having more points than Folky graphics. I mean, just just overall, 
overall great stuff. Great content on Twitter.com. Gotta love it. Always a good time beating the balls. A texter says Memphis basketball is, or no, excuse me, I skipped one. Classic Cal gave up 79 points and let Tennessee shoot over 50%. Really hope (laughs) Cal can get this team playing better defense before March. Seriously, though, some of our fan base is going to be upset next time we don't shoot 70% from the field. Gotta love our fan base. Go Cats. Oh, man. I love the snark. I'm, I, I, the fan base was was great on Saturday. Yeah, um, yeah, they were. Nothing, nothing to complain about. And let's and let's you know if you're one that kind of tends to maybe be a little bit more negative or whine, just know what this team can do, and know that if they don't do it on a random night in early February or late January, it's not the end of the world. You're still building this thing towards March, and what you do in March is all that's going to be remembered anyway. So um, just keep improving keep getting better and take care of the games you need to take care of i i consider that a wednesday night win at AM, even if it is on the road a texture says memphis basketball is hilarious louisville too pathetic to make fun of love beating you to ut thank you cal and can i get a who day who day um, day yeah that, that was a very uh kind of cathartic experience for kentucky fans where we all just got to come together for an afternoon it was and it was kind of the anti uk football tennessee game like that game we thought kentucky should have won kentucky right. probably should have won kentucky a better team we went into saturday thinking kentucky should win kentucky's a better team one it was a heartbreaking defeat the other one was a complete and total pummeling so felt good i, I feel like some like demons were released and i uh, I, I appreciated that which I, I i know i don't hate to jump ahead on the text line but like few texts down hey guys so why isn't Dante Allen playing oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were being sarcastic with yeah. it um which by the way I remember remember old Justin Powell oh yeah see and I I wanted him to do really Most, just so we did like because like John Hale had a, a tweet that was kind of like his Johnny Jazang tweets whenever it was just like oh Justin Powell just hit a three people thought he might have gone to Kentucky <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Can't get this going. Some folks considered him the most important recruit or transfer recruit that Calipari could ever get. Um, it was ludicrous. He's averaging like five points a game in Knoxville. Yeah, not good. Wish him the best, uh, but it, come on. Kentucky turned out to be much better off. Yeah, they're, they're doing all right. Uh, Kirby says, remember when people wanted Hickman more? Oh, well. Well, I'll say this. I was super wrong about my evaluations of of both those players. Uh, Washington came on late. I still don't mean I still don't want that to be as any disrespect to Hickman, but they're completely different caliber of players. Ty Ty Washington's going to be a lottery pick. Hickman will be playing college basketball next year, maybe the year after that. And I will say once Kentucky got Wheeler, it was like, okay, you don't have to have Hickman. I still would have liked him in the program just for a few years. Um, that being said, yes, Washington. Uh, night uh, pretty, pretty great. <laughs> night and day better. And Wheeler brings a lot more as an experience. I did like that. I, I would rather have Wheeler than Hickman, and I said as much. But, boy, um, they're on different planets. They shouldn't really even be compared to one another anymore. Uh, another texter says, TJ, do you plan on sending your daughter to the old stomping grounds of St. Raphael? Ooh. Probably question. not because I don't live in the Highlands and probably not going to be going back to the Highlands. So doubtful. Wouldn't mind it. Love St. Rayfield. Would you Beautiful. be a St. Albert the Great guy? Is that the, uh, the closest ones are Albert, Holy Trinity, Margaret Mary. Hey, um, Mark Money. Yeah. 
Wait, what? Saint Mar- almost, what was it? Saint Margaret Money. That's what we called it on Dixie <laughs> Highway. <laughs> that what you all called it? Yeah. I don't think yeah. you want to hear what they called you all. <laughs> oh, 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 suck it, buddy. No, a texter, a texter says Tennessee is consistently hand checking on the perimeter. Hasn't been called yet. Yeah, a lot of teams will do that against UK's guards. Checking in at half, and I hope I don't hate myself for this, but seventy-seven points should be enough to win this game. Yeah, it. Yeah. it I thought it was going to be enough to win it too. Like, um, but Tennessee ended up scoring more. It's just when you had eighty with eight minutes to play, you know, you kind of take your foot off the gas. I mean, Kentucky. Tennessee was only giving up 60 points per game, and Kentucky had 61 with like 16 minutes ago. The rule of 71 that we like to tweet about was with like 14 minutes ago. I mean, Kentucky was just, I mean, they were just a terror, an absolute terror. It was, it was so much fun, so much fun to watch. Texer says, some of you were begging for Nate Oates to take over for Cal last year. I remember. Man, and Cal kind of made a dig too like that at the end. like. You know, when we did it, it was it was something along the lines of we did it my way. And if you don't like it, fine, we're going to do it my way. You know, uh, so, something like that, where, you know, that that he took extra joy in that. Just yeah. like, hey, we only made six threes. And I think they were, I want to say like six of 10, six of 11. Like they didn't shoot a ton of threes either. Kentucky only made six threes. No, 11 of 18. My bad. Okay. That was the first. Yeah. Three. Yeah, uh, I was like, that that would be crazy to me. It seemed like everybody was hitting multiple ones because they mm-hmm. were they were in fuego from outside. Grady was four of seven. Got the and one three two. I mean, man, the four point play. Yeah, yeah. so awesome. What a great that was Grady's a good time. shot. It's Grady's shot is so beautiful. By the way, Alabama lost at Mississippi State Ooh. on Saturday. They'll drop out of the top twenty-five this week. They were two and three in conference, where things stand Yikes. right now, behind Vanderbilt in the league. Wow! Wow! And yeah, Arkansas said uh, LSU. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so right now, Kentucky in uh, lone in third place in the conference. Uh, I, I've seen some Kentucky fans say, "Oh, you know, as, all, as, as long as you finish top four, you get that double buy. You play on Friday. That's all that matters." Fart that. No way. It's Kentucky. We're winning the SEC. Anything less, I'm going to be a little disappointed in. I, I mean that. It's Kentucky, and this is basketball. you got to find a way to win the SEC. It's going to be tough because you're right. You don't get that return home game against Auburn. You're going to rely on Auburn to have to slip up here or there. But you can do yourself a big favor, get yourself that tiebreaker, and beat them at their place over the weekend. So, mm-hmm. uh, And that's going to be a tough game. Auburn's yeah. really, really good. Auburn and Kentucky both, I think, legitimate national title contenders. Uh, another text says, I love Lance Ware. You need dudes like that on your team. I'm a big Lance fan as well. Uh, another texture says, everyone's already talking about Auburn, but A&M feels like a textbook trap game. I agree with you, Texter. And mm-hmm. here I am just talking about Auburn. But we 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 talked yeah. A&M in hour one, and we'll we'll keep talking about A&M. A texture says, guys in the basketball b-ball scrum say two, three, or four players, and no one has clear possession of the ball. Why is it whatever call whoever calls a timeout automatically gets the ball out of bounds? This drives me crazy. Why doesn't the alternating possession rule apply here? Well, it's supposed to be which one comes first. Is it a tie-up of possession, or did somebody have sole possession and call yeah. themselves call themselves a timeout? Um, is the rule of the law there? But yeah, it's totally subjective. Yeah, yeah. Um, another text says, "Love knowing that loser Trevor is miserable. His cards and his eagles suck." Also, suck it, rummage. Your Vols, Cards, and Cowgirls are pathetic. Ooh, Cowgirls, that's funny. He's uh, a he's a Tennessee fan? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. 
a texter say, is not happy with Billy Reed, but yeah. you know, it, you got to understand some, in my mention, some people were saying some really, really nasty things to Billy Reed like, too. Well, and doing what he did like, yeah, you, you kind of are doing what, what he's doing. It's just call him out. It's a dumb post, but you don't yeah. have to get so nasty to wish ill will on his life. He's an old man as this John um, here. Good morning to all. First off, rest in peace to Coach Joby Hall. He was more than a coach for the program. He helped in so many ways on and off the court. Thank you, Coach, for everything you did. Man, my Chiefs and our Cats are super fast. Do not blink when they're playing either. If you do, the game will be over fast. Okay, in my opinion, uh, QB Mahomes had the best performance of the weekend. Which QB do you guys think did? We'll got to go talk to you later. Uh, Josh Allen was pretty darn good, too. But you can't really go wrong between those two. And guess what? We get to see them play each other this weekend. That's going to be so much fun. Oh, Um, yeah. Ooh, this also reminds me, too, John. We appreciate hearing from you. And uh, also appreciated hearing from a roll caller at KS Bar. He uh, bought me a a, – had a little shot of bourbon and uh, cut up for a little bit. So that was awesome. That's that's great. I mean, look at you all. Between the roll call at a Thornton's and you getting shots at KS Bar and whatnot, it's – you're really you're really living large. Yeah, he said he's uh on the way to work, on the way back, big time cutting grass too. Got got the got the podcast popped in. So uh appreciate y'all listening on the Cornbread Podcast and uh keep on keep on texting in. 502-414-1450 into the Thorns text line. Justin asked Walmart girl if she had ever been to Pekin. When she said no, he said Pekin in his pants, baby. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, that's a great text. Also, congrats to John who texts in every day for his new job. He got an exciting oh. new position. So well deserved well done, for John. him. Yeah. yeah. Uh John, it's great dude. Always appreciate hearing from him on the text line. And that last texture, very funny. A texture is why is it that you can stop the action in basketball by calling a timeout? You can't stop the action in any other sport, not football, baseball, tennis boxing, volleyball, nor any other sport you can think of. Picture this. A QB takes a snap, drops back, ball, drops the ball. Oops, calls a timeout. A guy hits a line drive up the middle, hold it. The shortstop calls a timeout. Boxer getting pummeled in the ring calls a timeout. Ridiculous, right? That's why in basketball, a timeout should only be called during a dead ball situation or after a made basket or the guy with the ball can if no one is applying any pressure on him. To have a guy call a timeout while being trapped in the corner to stop the action is contradictory to all competition. Random, to say the least. There was a very bad call in that uh, was it the Raiders game where they called like a timeout as the ball was being snapped. Yep, you're right, Duke. That wasn't hike ball. Yeah, we watched a lot of hike ball this weekend. That was a the the Raiders officials were so bad that they've been pulled from the playoffs. Shout out to the NFL for actually doing something about that and like maybe having a little accountability. Don't see that with officials in other sports. Texter, I I I don't know. I mean. Different sports have different rules. You also can't punch somebody in the face in basketball like you can in boxing. But um, I get your point. I wouldn't really care if they change that. They're never going to. And I think the point is, if you have to burn a timeout to do that, you only get so many of them. And so you don't want to waste them in situations like that, or you could find yourself in in some trouble. But um, understood. Point taken. A texter wants Justin to try to make a move on Billy Reed's wife. Uh, we're, Not we're, him. 
we're, we're better. We're better than that as a radio show and a text line. And then the last one, I've gone back and forth texting this in. My wife worked at Walmart around the time of Justin's story. She also has a tattoo of an iguana riding a scooter. I've always thought that was pretty weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Joke's man, on you. This was we- way before the scooter incident. We need yeah, but maybe a, you, uh, people were destined to know that you were going to have trouble <laughs> on two wheels. We definitely need to, like, you know, how a lot of people will have like caricature, uh, like logos for their radio show. Ours, we need an iguana riding a scooter. Mm-hmm, I agree. <laughs> Total, totally agree. I can get on board with that. All right, everybody. Thanks for the text into the show. Who wins uh, the game tonight? Uh, it's a Monday. I'm going Rams, but Rams, I, yeah. I didn't have a very good weekend in NFL gambling. I, I, I so don't either. listen to me. Um, but I'm I'm thinking Cardinals. Maybe I mean, it, surely not all the dogs can be that bad, right? If Roush likes the Cardinals, bet the Rams. Whoa! Oh, shots it, fired. Suck it, buddy. <laughs> Everybody have a great Monday. We will be back tomorrow, 7 a.m., and we'll talk about the NFL game. We'll talk more Kentucky basketball, and your text into the show as well. Tomorrow's going to be our kind of Thursday in terms of kind of the slowness. So bring bring the heat, baby. This is KRC on Big X Sports Radio. Oh, TJ Walker, Dick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Have a great day. Be happy. Don't worry, be happy. Ooh, 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 ooh